Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the films of Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, which comes out this weekend. Um, To get hyped for that, I propose to my three co-hosts that we watch his first three films, which is in honor of an old article that I've done a few times for our site, and I think I've actually freelanced it a couple times. Um, But yeah, three films in, we look at the director's first three films. In Ryan Johnson's case, it's his only three other films. Uh, And those films are Brick, The Brothers Bloom, and Looper. Um, It's been a while since he's had a release. When did Looper come out? Like 20 2012. 2012 um but i'm happy to have that delay if the last jedi turns out to be as good as his three previous films are um all right let's get into the brothers bloom this is ryan johnson's second film it came out in 2008 it stars adrian brody mark ruffalo the amazing adorable and incredible rachel weiss and uh, Rinko Kikuchi, I think I got that name right. Um, it is a con artist film, and it is a globe-trotting adventure of two brothers who have been tossed around the foster system and become grow up to become great con men. One reason, apparently, for molesting cats. Yes, that's really. Can weird. we just pause and take a moment to take <laughs> that in? I hope the molestation of the cat was just a general non-sexual molestation. Molestation in the fact that they just were messing with the cat a little bit too much. But, um, yeah, that was dark, dark. Um, uh, yeah, but um, The Brothers Bloom, I, you might have heard in another episode, I think this is my favorite Ryan Johnson movie. And I think that's mostly just because I think it's, his only movie that pretty much works through and through. Um, Looper, I have some issues with the ending. Brick, I have some issues with the melodrama romance not pulling me in. But um, Brothers Bloom really just works for me from pretty much start to finish. And I absolutely love, 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 love Rachel Weisz in this movie. Um, she's so, yeah, she's great. She's amazing. She's funny. She's cute. She's adorable. She's it, she's everything. Um, but I'm gushing. John or Lauren, what did you think of the Brothers Bloom? Well, so it was interesting looking up uh, reviews about this afterwards because it wasn't generally well received. But fifty-five, like Metis you one. said, like you said, Zach, Rachel Weiss was critically acclaimed across the board and i loved her she was so compelling and so fun to watch and i guess because i've only ever really seen her in serious roles i guess like i think the only thing that's coming to mind right away is constantine um (laughs) but she was so much fun and i think also i've i forgot that i put her on like my top five list of like super attractive celebrities that if were possible, I would engage in a romantic relationship with. Yeah, and you know she's um, really worth it as an actress because she's attractive. You have to no, beat up we, James well, Bond no. to get to her right now, too. You realize Ugh. that? Is she involved yeah, with Daniel married. Craig? Really? Yeah. 
Oh, I never even. Huh, oh, holy cow. And she was married to Darren Aronofsky beforehand. And, See, that one I knew. And that's why she, the person looks like her at the beginning of Mother. Um, looks just like her. I, I almost oh, wonder I if she actually. Is it not her? Well, I don't think it's her. I don't know. I don't know. It's. It, I don't know. I, nobody what knows. What person? Doesn't the movie start on with the woman, Lawrence? No, it's the woman. It's the previous mother burning up in the fire. And it looks oh. just like Rachel Weisz. Like, it is Rachel Weisz. The second time... I didn't notice the first time. That's pointing out one of the main problems with that movie, that it is not Jennifer Lawrence every time. (laughs) What? We're not getting I also completely forgot that Rachel Weisz was in Chain Reaction, which is also one of my favorite films. And we should also give her a round of applause, because according to the trivia, she learned how to play piano, violin, accordion, banjo, ping pong, do karate, ride a unicycle, juggle, and even skateboard for this role, as well as she learned how to do that card trick. See, that's like that's amazing. That's going like, above and so beyond. So much fun to watch in this movie, and there is kind of like this innocence to her that maybe is a bit unfair, but it's I don't well, know. It's I just mean, so she much was fun. Up alone all her life. Yeah, I totally bought her. Weirdness. No, for sure. Like, yeah, she, her weirdness and her comes enthusiasm. From, yeah, she like has no idea how to operate in social society. She lived in her house till she and, was like, nineteen. That is a great reveal, by the way. When. Like it's it's like when she's giving that monologue about the the, the about allergies why, yeah. and everything, and isn't she performing a card yeah. trick at the same time? Yeah, that's like, the one. She, it took her so a month like, to yeah. learn. Yeah, and she did it. It's amazing, and I love how he placed that those mirrors perfectly, so you knew. I mean, obviously yeah. that you, but you know, I mean, ten years ago, the, using CGI to do that wasn't. I mean, I'm sure it was very relevant in a big giant movie, but I love how Ryan Johnson gave her the gave her away so everybody knew it was her even though we don't see her face in the shot because we well, stay plus, on the like hands. that move or that moment or that scene is so good because she was able to do something that adrian brody struggles with and mm-hmm. that like she believed the story she told herself where adrian brody can't believe the stories he's in mm-hmm. and that's why he wants to go away and live his own life which it's kind of the theme of the movie and if i was smarter <laughs> i could elaborate more on it but well, but so I think one of the issues that this movie comes across is the ca- I found the characters really compelling. I found uh, Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody and Rachel Weisz. And I think to harp on something uh, you were mentioning, Zach, about one thing, one of the problems you had with uh, Brick, I found the relationship or the love story between Adrian Brody's character and Rachel Weisz super yes. compelling and super easy to cheer for. Um but I, I wasn't as tied into anything that was going on plot-wise. To a certain degree, it was kind of convoluted for me. And to a certain degree, it was... I don't know. It it didn't have the stakes, I felt like, to make it super compelling as... A, well, uh, I mean, there aren't other, stakes like, because the whole story is being dictated yeah, by people. You, you know what everything is... Everything is not supposed to be real. I, I, I Until think... the moment where Rachel Weisz goes into that... Uh, the place to get the book. Yeah. It's like, that's the first time things don't go according to plan. No. Oh yeah. But I, I think if like the idea of setting up this conflict or this tension where yes, they've got this con that they're doing and the only source of tension is whether or not Adrian Brody and Rachel Vice are going to fall mm-hmm. in love. Like that's okay. But if they would have set up no, some other kind of, tension- of is whether or not Rachel Weisz will be okay with this when, like, the full reveal happens. Yeah, that's inevitably. true. That's true. 
But I, I, I see what... It, it's like, because you don't want to see her character get crushed. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. But I feel like if there would have been... But there's no stakes on it. Like, there's a little bit of stakes on it for Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody's character. But I feel like if there would have been some external stakes that were separate from everything that was going on with Rachel Weisz, such as if there was some sort of villain that was also there kind was of hot Diamond on their tail. Dog. Like they, yeah, but that wasn't... That wasn't necessarily a prevailing stake. It wasn't until the very end that you're like, oh, yeah, there is this, like, huge get, villain that is kind random of Random question that is relevant, but also just random. Was Diamond Dog, did he molest him? I, I did not pick that up until I watched When he it put his time. hand no, no, on no, no, his thighs, no, no, no. Like, I, that no. definitely means something. No, I agree. I, I definitely picked, I did not pick up until I saw it this most recent time. Yeah, I, I didn't pick it up the first time. Yeah, he clearly, I think it's pretty implied that. He was like, molesting Because they never point. explain why he hates him yeah. so much. Um, to speak to what John... And then what, he says his brother was so upset about not being there to save him or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, to, to talk to what John was saying. I, I totally hear what you're saying, John, in that what we're watching <laughs> intentionally has no stakes. But then I could see where where it would get almost too much. Like, we're, we're trying to stay up with this con and be a part and like because they kind of tell you what's happening but they kind of don't at the same time yeah if you think it's convoluted now add in another element (laughs) and i think the movie gets there i mean after the after the the mexico thing after she after she sniffs out that they're they're conning her ultimately in the end at the on the beach scene the movie does have those stakes that you're looking for because we don't I mean, know you what's can, going you on anymore. You can question, were they conning her? Because she didn't fall for it. <laughs> yeah. They tried to yeah. con her. Well, the, the, it I'm didn't say, work. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she knew it wasn't going to go. Like, they were trying to get rid of her, and that made her sad. You know, like, that, 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 she was, I think she probably was holding out that Adrian Brody was going to stick with her um, through, through it all, maybe. But, yeah. Um, but like I, I, she's she's the perfect con man. She's the best con man in this movie because she's the one person who believed her con. Yeah, but the stakes going back to the thing when I didn't say smart things. But there's a kind of smart thing. The stakes work in the end, though. Would you not agree, John? I don't know. I guess I don't know if I can. I was distracted when watching this movie or not. But like, I just I again because I was kind of I was also always waiting for all of this to be set up by Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo's character where ultimately he was going to end up sacrificing himself or doing something with his well, life, he did. like stepping. Oh, he did. But, and I didn't know whether or not that was intentionally set up though, or just kind of haphazardly well, set up in order. They make the argument to... that the perfect con is when people get what they want. And earlier in the movie, Adrian Brody says that, Mark Ruffalo's character would want to die in a, something like this. So you have to wonder, definitely, on some level, if Mark Ruffalo, like, hoped at least for this ending in a way to help. And it also it also mentioned that the original con was also kind of a ploy to get Adrian Brody to talk to yeah. girls. And so once this, once this romantic lead came in with Rachel Weiss, then I was kind of just... That kind of ruined it for me because then I was viewing everything in this film through the context of, oh, was Mark Ruffalo really just kind of playing behind the scenes to kind of 
Like, is he really pulling all the strings to ultimately get well, this Well, he result? did. Even if he wasn't the main puppet master, he always manipulated it, even in his final moment, to get his brother a happy ending. Yeah. I mean, what was what was Ruffalo's endgame? Because of the, fir- the initial con with Rachel Weisz. Like, he wanted... To get her money. But, but don't you think it was for him, too? Like, didn't he want him to leave with her eventually, essentially? Uh, his brother too. Yeah. yeah I think he was always yeah I think so he was hoping they would end up together but how I mean is that I mean how do they accomplish that by going through with the Mexico thing at the end or did he well I think it was his Mark Ruffalo was going to be dead yeah at the end of the Mexico I guess so thing. I guess so so if she bought into it but then it wouldn't be an unwritten life it was then written for him kind of thing um yeah or do you think he always knew the long con was, I'm going to get another con on top of this one, and that's where I'm going to get rid of her? <laughs> or, like, I just think he's very good with rolling with the punches. Yeah. Stuff changes, and he figures out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Well, and I maybe that was also part of it that became in like kind of unbearable. Not, I shouldn't say unbearable, but just disinterested to disinteresting to me uh, disinteresting uninteresting to me is when it was just like oh this is a con within a con within a con or a pop I, of a I con. like i agree i don't with know you. the first time i watched it i did have a problem with that like like why am i caring about this if i know it's not real um see that didn't bother me because i cared about the characters i agree i agree i still really enjoyed the characters i agree i still really enjoyed the characters and the film work going on in the movie but on subsequent viewings, I, I I didn't put that behind me. I realized that's not what's important. You know, what's important is the progression of what happens to these three slash four characters. I was going to say, we cannot leave out... Uh, bang, Rin- bang. How do you say her name? Rinko Kikuchi? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, Bang Bang. It's like, <laughs> she's great. And I know <laughs> some people just roll their eyes at a character like that, but I loved her. Oh, no, she's and so good. And the fact that she and... Rachel Weiss became best friends oh, yeah. in this movie. I forgot amazing. about that. I forgot like, about that. Adrian Brody's just like, she has a cell phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And that. at the end, she's still just like, call me. <laughs> uh, she was great. Do we, do we all think she, did, she hopped on that garbage truck? Oh, I don't know if she did that, but she's definitely not dead. Yeah. Okay. Like I didn't think of, I didn't think about the details. I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, she's fine. She's not going <laughs> to die to a bomb. <laughs> um, John, how many times have you seen this film? Once. And it was just recently. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend rewatching it and see, not like now, but, you know, like, I would watch the movie again and see if the, you have the same, because it sounds like you kind of have a very similar, um, um, trajectory I had with the movie. Like, you knew that there's a lot of things you were drawn into, but this weird, like, distance from, like, you have you can't get into the movie when you're being held away at a distance, knowing everything that's happening is being put upon on you. Um, yeah. Well, another and- reason I will argue that Mark Ruffalo, like from the very beginning, is always putting his brother first, even though it might not seem about it, is like just think about their names. The older brother usually is the one to get the nickname of the last name, but uh-huh. Adrian Brody's character gets the last name of Bloom as you his sure nickname. Sure, he's not Bloom Bloom. Well, that's what I was wondering. I was like, is this a Mario situation? <laughs> but it's like, no. His brother is the important one to him. He gets to be Bloom. Yeah, and Mark I, Ruffalo is Yeah, Steven. Ruffalo is great in the movie, too. I mean, 
just the fire in his eyes when he has to protect Brody is just so great. And I love this side of, I mean, I love Ruffalo when he's deathly serious as well, but when he's powing around and goofy, I think he's really great at that too. And I wish we got more of that from him actually um, than we do. I mean, the closest we get to that is him as Banner, as far as I can think of in his recent film work. I may I don't remember it, but just like Heaven was pretty good. That's the Reese Witherspoon one. I would yeah. hope so. It's Heaven, <laughs> or just like it. Well, and I guess I guess he plays the same character pretty much in Thirteen Going oh, on Thirty he's good as in well. Thirteen but... Going on Thirty too. Yeah. Side note: Adrian Brody. This movie also made me realize that I need to watch more Adrian Brody stuff. And this I guess made technically... me wonder when was the last time Adrian Brody was in a big movie? Oh my! I haven't oh my seen gosh. him in ages. Grand Budapest Hotel. He had a decent part in that. Okay, that's right. Any? But other than that, I I don't know. Maybe I just don't watch a lot of his movies. Fun fact: Adrian Brody won his first Oscar for best for best actor at 29 years old. Yeah, and then he kissed Halle Berry. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like, oh my gosh! You do realize there are a lot of people that age that get Oscars, right? Yeah, at 29. Well, there, no, really? he's I feel a, like he's that's like super young. He's one of the no, youngest. No, he was the actors. youngest. He was the yeah. youngest. When no, did actor. Jennifer Lawrence get No, 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 actor, actor. There's been the yeah, yeah. Actors. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she beat that by a lion, a landslide. But oh, um, he was great in Midnight in Paris too. You, uh, oh yeah, he yeah he. Was I fell good. asleep during. Oh, that's another movie I did fall asleep in. Oh, <laughs> Midnight, Bar- three hey, Midnight so in Paris. Midnight in Paris, great time um, travel movie. One thing that oh, you'll yeah. probably cut out. You know how I feel about Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, fair enough. Do you want? Know that's the thing that like I keep having to remind myself is that like oh, oh he's shit, good this in is Predators. A... Predators, he was good in that. Uh, is he really? Woody Allen's good in Predators. You're right. Adrian Brody. Oh God, <laughs> poor form. I also uh, no, arguably poor form is marrying your daughter. No, fair enough. Um, that's very true. Uh, shame on Woody Allen. He's like the fact that Woody Allen hasn't been talked about with all the stuff going on here. Oh in no, they're they're still talking about him for sure. Yeah, okay. I bring him up all the time. <laughs> um, controversial opinion: Adrian Brody is awesome in the Village. So yeah, suck uh, it, internet. Controversial opinion: Adrian Brody is good in the Jacket. Just kidding. I don't remember that movie, but it had. Kira Knightley in it. I thought Spice was pretty good. What's Spice? Splice. Like that weird... Oh, Splice. Oh, I hate that movie. <laughs> it goes weird, man. Speaking of having sex with your daughter creature. <laughs> I, um, I feel like I should King watch Kong, that movie just because King Sarah Polly's in it. Yeah, he was pretty good uh, in King, King Kong. Kong, yeah. Okay, Adrian Brody, we've discovered, rediscovered that he's been in a lot of movies. He needs to be... He, they need to put him in an MCU movie stat. Oh, he would be wicked in an MC. What? Who could he be? He, he could have been Vision. Um, let's get back to Brothers Bloom. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like if we want to talk about a movie where they disrespect a body, the end of the movie, like once they figure out his brother's dead, did they just leave him there to rot? Like go <laughs> well, they back, didn't, well, man. Because they were so far away. Like what could they, they were like not? thirty it's minutes a, away? They're in a car. Drive back. <laughs> Yeah, the ending is a little weird in this movie. How but they like, drive off into the sunset. Yeah. It's like, dude, your brother just died for you. <laughs> um, so I think I think another thing, and I haven't seen, as I'm, I'm looking up the Wikipedia, or not the way, I'm Googling heist films. Um, and, I, and I'm looking at some of these films, and there are some that I've seen that I think are like, 
kind of classic. So, for instance, well, Logan Lucky, uh, I guess, would be the most recent one. But um, as I'm going through it, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Inside Man, The Usual Suspects. Um, there's a there's there's a sense of clever snatch. There's a sense of like cleverness in the twists and turns of what's really happening behind the scenes that you end up finding out later that I think I was constantly expecting from this film. And then in the end, but this movie just tells you what's going on from the whole time. That's the thing. Yeah. It's it's different. And I think that was for whatever reason. Well, I mean, uh, as far as until the end where you're kind of like, yes, until the end, you're in Adrian Brody's feet where it's like, wait, is this a con or not a con anymore? Yeah. Which I on speaking of the trivia, there was something I'll have to rewatch it again, knowing this now. But apparently, there's like the light kind of washes out the camera or something whenever Adrian Brody is not aware of what's going on. Interesting. Like the lighting switches or something. I'll have to look for that. Overall, Sorry, no, 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 you're good. You're, overall, overall, I mean, it was still uh, again the thing that makes this film more than anything is the for me at least is the acting. Rachel Weisz, a hundred percent, the star of this film. Um, Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo also very good. And then again, <laughs> I forget her name. Kikuchi. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess it. I don't know whether or not it's fair or unfair to give the most foreign or non-Caucasian character in this film like few lines, but she's still with almost zero lines. She also plays such a memorable role. Um, oh well, you have to consider the movie before this was Babel, where she also did not talk a lot. <laughs> hey, she got nominated oh, for an Oscar for that. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, All four so, of yeah. these people. Speaking were of her. Uh, did you recognize Wait, no, her really? in Pacific Rim, John? Was that her in Pacific yeah. Rim? She's yeah, I didn't realize crazy. that until I was going through her page today on IMDb. I ugh, I did not like Pacific Rim. Ugh. I did not either. And we can trash it now that Ben's gone. I was so <laughs> I was I was so expecting to like this because when you have a movie that's just giant robots fighting giant alien monsters. Let's talk about Brothers Bloom. I was going to say, I thought you were going back to Brothers Bloom. <laughs> um, I will say, in addition to the characters, I like the whimsy of it all. It reminded me of oh, like, so, yeah, push, the tone... pushing daisies or like Amelie, mm-hmm. where it just has a it's style very... itself. Oh, and speaking of Amelie, this movie has an amazing soundtrack. Yes. Oh, which oh, apparently yeah, was um, the guy who made the soundtrack was uh, Ryan Johnson's cousin. No, it's, it's his, his cousin. cousin. Okay, he did or the brother. score for Brick. The his, trivia his, which was his brother also produces stuff, but the Brick score uh, he did he did Brick and Looper. He did all three of these films. Um, I think yeah, I but like this the Brick movie's score. music is this way more memorable. Best, yes, but I think Brick's is memorable, but it's weird. Um, yeah, that's true. But this score is very fun, and yeah. Uh, it's got great little themes that run throughout it and everything. The uh, the scene where she's showing all of her hobbies. It's incredible. Is, a great it's montage. So, oh well, like, my that's gosh. why I brought up earlier that she learned all those things. Because yeah. it's kind of stupid at first, but also hilarious. But now knowing that she actually did those things, it's even more impressive. <laughs> oh, 100%. And then yeah. I, I, it just ends on the perfect bit, too, where he's trying to throw the chainsaws up to her. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, how did she get up there? <laughs> 
And Adrian Adrian Brody, Brody's like perfect for that moment because yeah. he's so hesitant. And so like, yeah. no, I don't want to do this. And Adrian Brody already looks like he's scared of everything. So <laughs> it just works out. This movie, uh, you were just talking about uh, like the vibe of the movie. I think it very it feels very Wes Anderson-y. Um, yeah, but I not not really not like later not later Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> not like his most recent stuff, which is like so Wes Anderson-y. It's it's like almost i don't think it's a parody of itself but i could see someone making that argument how mr fox and grand budapest are just like so meticulously made like every single thing but it has the flow and the vibe and the beat and the pacing of like royal tenenbaums era uh rushmore era um uh wes anderson to me i would not be surprised if wes anderson's films were a major influence on this that's all i'm saying that's it do you want that's a very good point um and but but again he finds his own style and it doesn't feel like you know there's not a ton of straight at camera shots that wes anderson's known for but the flow and the pacing and the tone just feel uh it just that i think i really attached onto that i remember feeling very wes anderson-y when i saw this movie for the first time and that's a compliment coming from me since he's my favorite director One of the best working directors. Zach's been talking about a lot of people. I was waiting for you to say it. (laughs) I gotta make a list of people. How many people can I put on that list that I can say that about? Best directors? Like best working directors. You said it about Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, I stand by that one. You said it last podcast I was on, but I can't remember for who. What? Uh, Who did we do? Who directed that? Oh no, it was Coco, so it wasn't for that. I might have said it about him. He's good. He's only done two movies. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't him. I can't remember who Okay. Though. I could shortlist I that. Guess... I could get it down to Sorry. five or six. Um, okay, let's talk a little more Brothers Bloom and get out of here. Um, anybody else have anything else they want to share? I think share? the only last thing that I loved about this movie that's coming to mind was um, them passing the money back and forth. Oh, yeah, that's a great little... It just bit. runs throughout yeah. the whole movie, mm-hmm. and it's like they don't make a huge deal about Who ends it. Up but it's with just it in the such end? a great do they, do moment. They, does it have anything? I guess it's once the con's over, they don't really the first con that doesn't really yeah. happen anymore. But um, like even even after they break up, and Rachel Weiss is like, or Weiss is uh, not devastated by him, mm-hmm. but upset by it. When she comes back, even in this moment where they don't end on like a great term or tone right away. It's like he notices that she gave him the money anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's just so weird. It's like, that's why, yeah, her character could be annoying to some people, but I love her so much. Um, her drunken, horny acting also is probably the funniest thing in the movie. And oh, then, that's so weird, but also funny. <laughs> and then Adrian Bowden's like, I gotta well, get yeah, out of here. <laughs> the moment's made by him just leaving yeah. and they go back to him. Um. Was it that he says I have to like, I have to go right like he just he's just like he's in the door closing it just like I have to go yeah and then he <laughs> I, that scene's also great because it like it start he starts revealing like he's get, he's so comfortable he mentions bang bang and not whatever Yingling or whatever her name like he's falling so you can it just Adrian Brody is the clearly the straight man in this movie but yeah. he he does have a lot of subtlety to like the slowly his comedy for her yeah in the comedy and um i think he i think he's rightfully expanded out 
since this, this was still pretty close to him winning his Oscar, I believe, um, for the pianist. But um, I guess it was five or six years later. But he, I guess he had done Darjeeling. But I would say this, this, this role is kind of similar to Darjeeling. I think he's diversified a little bit since then. But um, I think he got people felt like he was playing one note a little bit too much after he did the pianist. But I think he's a pretty good actor who's got a lot of range, even if he can play a pretty straight face across the board on that. Mm-hmm. But Vice, I mean, he doesn't, but Vice is just on another level in this movie. I feel like Vice is probably one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. Yep, I would agree. I like. Yeah, I don't she know. She does where... have an Oscar though, but not for my favorite movie of hers. Um, she does. What, what did she have what an did Oscar she win for? It for? Uh, the Constant Gardener. Oh, that's right. Which is a very depressing movie. Yeah, it is. That's why I have never watched it. <laughs> By again. the guy who did um, City of God. Um, yeah. yeah. It was his. It was his first English language movie after uh, that. He had the success with that movie. Um, but I agree, John. He, she. Does not get enough credit. She's been in a lot of stuff, and I love her every time. I mean, she was amazing never, in The Lobster just last I year. I need to. I need. I need to see um, The Lobster. And, and she's really playing a it. very similar, like a kind of a kooky, weird performance, kind of similar to this. But um, yeah, I feel like she gets thrown into a lot of weird, just straight stuffy period movies sometimes. But she was fun in the Oz movie, the great, the Sam Raimi Oz movie. And well, and I've heard this it? My Cousin Rachel movie that she was in this year was pretty good. Um, I mean, it's kind of a weird yeah. premise. But she was like, holy cow. Uh, this 20, 2009 revival of Streetcar Named Desire, her portrayal of Blanche Dubois, earned her the Olivier Award. Like, that's... Jesus. Like, this woman is stacked in terms of credentials. And I just... I. Like, I don't know if she just is really choosy about her pieces, but, like, I feel like I haven't seen her in a lot of, like, super I think she just doesn't get the chance to play great characters like this all the time. Sadly, most a lot of women don't get to play really great, interesting characters all the time. And um, But when she gets the chance like she did here, I think she takes advantage of it. I'm gonna have to. Well, you know, to... maybe maybe Ryan Johnson can bring her along to some of his other movies, yeah, those like he does with Star his Wars, other actors. Those Star Wars movies, yeah. Maybe she's in the new one, in the background, yeah, as an alien. Yeah, we did talk about that. How did we talk about that on the podcast that four of the people from Brick were in this movie, in one scene? Mm-hmm. Gotta jam them all in there. I couldn't remember if we talked about that here. Well, or not. who's the fourth? Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. The guy who played Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Played Dodd. Um, the girl. Yeah, it was, it was Tug. Tug's Pin. in there? I didn't know. I think Pin was. Oh, Pin was in there too? So that's five. I think it's. I think. Wait, no, who then? It was. Oh, Dode. Yeah. I think Tug and Dode, I get confused a okay. lot because they kind of have similar features. Mm-hmm. So it's probably. It's Dode, um, JGL, uh, Nora. Her name's Nora, right? Yeah, something like that. I feel bad. I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, in, in the basically pin. he just, he brings a lot of his actors along mm-hmm. with him, which is nice to see. So clearly he's a good guy to work with, as are those actors. Mm-hmm. So 
John, this was your least favorite of the three, it sounds like, for sure, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. I say watch it again. Lauren, where, what's your favorite? Of, is, where's this one? I think it probably goes Looper, Brothers Bloom, Brick. Okay. Really? Yeah. Ah. This is my fave, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think it probably just depends what day it is, because I like the Looper and this are so different that it's hard to compare this them. movie is definitely his shaggiest movie like it's like it just feels like i mean it's it's very meticulous in like its execution but it just feels more like a hang where brick and looper are like executing plot every minute you yeah. know um like i said before this one it gets me with the whimsy yeah um but i i don't know like i, I got rachel vice goes a long way for yeah me she here. does but, that's true um but the cast is just great and like you said it's just a fun movie to watch but it's again secretly dark i was texting you guys i'm worried about how dark the last jedi might get but still be fun at the same time my god guys we can't we can't keep bringing that movie up i want to say so many things you can't say anything i know i can't um because all of these even this one his whimsical movie is about them conning this woman and like potentially seducing her and yeah, but again, then her, I keep the brother dies in the end. I mean, I don't know. Like that, you feel bad. I still don't feel bad so much for Rachel, Rachel Weiss because, like I said earlier, she's the best con man in this movie. Yeah. I don't, she never seems like, even when she maybe didn't n- understand what was happening, she didn't feel like she was being conned. She's mm-hmm. like, so what? Like, she's enjoying this. So it's like, yeah, it sucks that they did this to her. But at the same time, she doesn't make herself the victim. So I kind of, you, that's why, like, you can't be mad at them necessarily, or that's why you forgive them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not mad at them. I'm just saying there, it's a kind of Oh, no, a dark, I, that was just yeah, a train of it's thought. It's just like a dark undertone to this movie. Yeah, for you sure. Know, for a movie that you can, you describe as whimsical and fun, it's actually, there's a lot of darker stuff going on underneath the surface, so. Yes. <laughs> okay. Is that it? We good with Brothers Bloom? think so. Okay, go see this one, too. We're big Ryan Johnson fans here. Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Uh, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me at Zach Oldenburg on Twitter and Letterboxd and other social media places. You can read our readings at middleofrow.com. And you should subscribe to our podcast so you get all the bonus episodes, the non-bonus episodes, the Star Wars episodes. Get all the episodes. You can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. I think that's it. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can follow me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, or you can find us on Facebook at Middle of Row or Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter and excuse me, where you'll get updates for when we post reviews or podcast episodes and that's at middle of row and i am lauren heimbaugh you can find me on twitter at beware of trees and you can find us on tumblr at middle of row.tumblr.com and uh remember the best seats are in the middle of the row